All right. Hey, y'all. This is Chris Roth here with Bushido Squirrel with your weekly knock activism wrap-up. Today, we're going to be talking about... <laughs> COVID in Washington, D.C. Uh, because there yeah. was a fucking coup attempt. And yes, we've got new music going on right now. Uh, very much an up-tempo situation. Uh, thank you, Bushido, for putting that all together. Uh, this has been a hell I mean, of I literally week. just uh, I, I literally just downloaded a track, but you're welcome. I'm giving you credit for it anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a hell of a week. Uh, it, it, things are are continuing to progress in very uh, terrifying, terrifying ways, as we'll get into once we start talking about what's going on with COVID here in Los Angeles in a moment. Uh, but first things first, how's everything been going for you, Squirrel? Uh, well, you know, first off, Chris, uh, welcome to 2022. It's been a it's been a hell of a year. <laughs> 2021 was. It, it seems like just just like a week ago, it was 2020, and then you blink, and suddenly <laughs> all of 2021 has passed by. Right? Like it must have been a fucking year in the last week. Um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. It's been a it's been a whole thing. Um, so it looks like we got some new vaccination sites getting set, set up here in LA. So that should be good. Uh, Bitcoin is down um, like thirty percent <laughs> on the week. Um, it's a it's a nasty one out there for people in yep. crypto. Um, so hopefully you uh, if you bought in, you bought in early. If you bought in on the the latest. Um, don't plan on retiring anytime soon, folks. Don't uh, don't plan on doing that. But uh, yeah, how are you doing? It's, it's it's huddle huddle gang huddle huddle gang. I don't yeah. Hodel I don't gang, speak this gang, hodel, hodel gang. Hodel, hodel gang, hodel gang. Yeah. I don't remember this jargon uh, like at all. Uh, anyway, I, I, I'm doing all right. Um, I have uh, recently rediscovered how much fun it is to do uh, these virtual spin rides in my living room, uh, clamping clamping my bike onto a spinning resistance wheel and uh, playing a little video game with it. Uh, and and it's 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 nice to be able to like kind of shut my brain off for an hour and just focus on uh, making my legs hurt and sweating a lot. <laughs> so that's been a nice, useful little distraction from the state of calamity that is the uh, falling... Uh, I, I would say the falling empire, but that's not true. It's more the fall of the republic... Uh, yeah. While the empire will continue on <sighs> past yeah. the end of the republic, um, but yeah, so uh, let's I guess just go ahead and get going on um, <laughs> our evergreen content. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! This one, um, prepare yourself. This this is uh, it's been a bad fucking week. It's yes, it's been a very very fucking bad week. Uh, here we go. Uh, as of this recording, uh, we are up to 2,733,630 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the state of California. Of course, this graphic uh, was pulled at the time that that number was available, but I don't know why the LA Times doesn't update their state graphics to match their state reporting numbers. Uh, they need to have a script that does that or something. Um, that is a shocking 340,373 new cases since the last time we recorded, which was literally one week and one hour ago. Um, we've had, what was it, 29,482 new cases of the virus statewide yesterday. 
Uh, that is uh, absolutely insane. 41,088 new cases so far today. And again, this is as of 525 p.m., which means there are still six and a half hours left in the day for them to report cases. That is absolutely fucking insane that we're having more than yeah. 40,000 cases today. Uh, but we saw case, case loads as high as 70,000 new cases in a day uh, just a week ago. So... So we're gonna we're gonna break a million here uh, within the within the week, like before this week is out. Uh, well, I mean, which which million? You mean three million? We're we're breaking three million, like. Oh, sorry, no, I was looking at the LA County figures. My my. my oh no no, that, I, I was reading yeah. ahead. Yeah. That 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 too. No, we're gonna. I think we're gonna break three million in the state of California by the end of the week. Um, yeah. If not, I mean, definitely by like this time next week, I would be shocked if we're below three million. Uh, the next time we record. Uh, which is terrifying. Um, and yeah, we'll probably, we'll get to the LA County numbers in a minute. Um, we are still continuing to see a massively disproportionate impact on the Latino population across the state. Uh, it just horrifying numbers. Six and a half percent of the Latino population is catching COVID uh, or has tested positive for COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fucked. Statewide, we're looking at almost 14% positivity rate. Uh, for the seven-day average on on testing. In L.A. County last week, we were hitting as high as 20%, uh, which was just amazing that we're seeing one in five people who are being tested are testing positive. Uh, And and considering how hard it has been to get a test, like those numbers are way down from where they were earlier this year and earlier this summer when it was so much easier to just walk in and get a test. Like it has been much much more difficult to get a test recently. And on top of that, that 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 number came out while we were also hearing news that curative, um, the tests that curative has been using have apparently a higher incidence of uh, false negatives when it comes to asymptomatic folks, uh, which really compounded like or confounded people in terms of asking the you know the perceived wisdom had been up to this point of go get tested, go get tested, go get tested, yeah. and that way even if you're asymptomatic you'll get caught. Uh, and no to quarantine, but that doesn't seem to have necessarily been the case using that particular test. Well, but even, uh, even beyond that, you've got like the, the Hollywood sets that are pushing the idea that you can get tested and work on set safely. And we know that that's some bullshit that like there have been yes, outbreaks all over Hollywood, TV shows, movies, pretty much anything other than like reality TV. I think I've heard about outbreaks on, but I also don't pay a lot of attention to like reality TV. It's just... Like there is no safe way to do anything right now, and so, um, the the you know the, I get the criticism like all tests can produce a false negative. Like yes, that that's correct. Even like a pregnancy test can produce a false negative, um, but it was the the way in which the city was relying on testing to try and provide a sense of safety that really made it yes. an issue and really made it a problem. And then you couple that with the fact that they're not doing anything to help people stay home or help essential workers not have to go in every day and get exposed, like close the fucking malls. Why are the malls even open for the anti-maskers to protest at? Like it's so ridiculous. It is. And then on top of that, we had like the report that so the mayor is coming out and saying like, no, 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 no. That, that, that was just, that was more of just like an announcement. It wasn't any kind of like a warning or anything. It was just, uh, it wasn't an alert from the FDA talking about the, the, the rate of false negatives for that curative test. Uh, Mayor Garcetti flexing all of his muscles to prove that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. 
and you you hate to see it. Um, but yes, when it comes to the hospitalization rates, we are continuing to see those spike across the state. Um, getting what is that about twenty one thousand ish at this point, twenty two thousand ish. The ICU uh, is continuing to fill up. It is currently right around five thousand ICU patients statewide. Uh, when it comes to the availability of ICU beds. They are still maintaining roughly the same level that they've had for the past month. Uh, and again, those are ICU beds that are available for folks outside of COVID cases. Uh, so pff, when it comes to availability by region here, the San Joaquin Valley and Southern California are both still at zero. Uh, Bay Area at a whopping 0.7%. Uh, Northern California is doing fine, but Sacramento is in trouble and the Bay Area is about to hit the same levels that San Joaquin Valley and Southern California have been at for a while. Uh, when you look at the cumulative totals across the state of California, per 100,000, Lassen County is still continuing to lead the way with 16% of their population having contracted and tested positive for COVID. Imperial County is at 13%, Kings County at 11 San Bernardino at 10 Los Angeles is now at 9%. One in, one in 11 people in LA County, more than that, more than one in 11 people has, has contracted COVID yeah. and tested positive. Uh, and that's just the people that we've tested. Like that's, this does not include the number of people, as you said, who have not been tested. Like today was the last day that you could get any testing done at uh, Dodger stadium. Yep. They have shut down the Dodger stadium facility it is no longer being used for tests. It's being converted into a vaccination site. It was the largest testing facility in the country it is no longer available straight up. So the testing numbers are going to start becoming very interesting to look at here. Um, this was a, a, a statistic that like it gets mentioned a lot, like that the the disproportionate impact of how the virus is hurt is impacting folks is definitely on the older scale. But I really just mm -hmm. wanted to, to throw this graphic up here to, to illustrate this, because when you look at the distribution of who is getting infected, young folks, 18 to 34 year olds are the ones who are contracting it the most. Uh, we, they do make up the largest percentage uh, of the population by age group, um, with 35 to 49 year olds making up the next largest. And those two groups do also represent the largest numbers of COVID infections. But when you yeah. look at what's going on with the deaths from this virus, the impact is absolutely fucking stunning how far it skews down the line. The number of people, so more than 40% of the deaths in the state are in the population age group uh, above 80, uh, with roughly 11 or 12% uh, in both the 75 to 79 and 70 to 74 year olds, uh, and 10% at 65 to 69. It's absolutely yeah. devastating to our elders. Uh, if you don't want to kill grandma, stay the fuck home and wear a fucking mask. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah. Deaths by and day. Even, even once you get that vaccine, remember, you need two doses. Absolutely. You have to get both doses to get that 95% effective uh, effective rate. Absolutely. And then uh, uh, looking at the deaths by day, Jesus, uh, we're, um, what is it? We've had 30,319 deaths in the state due to the virus, 297 of them yesterday, 316 so far today as of 530. Uh, that's probably going to go up because the seven-day average is hovering just below uh, 500. So... Mm -hmm. Fuck, I, I, fuck, it's, it's terrible. Absolutely goddamn terrible. Um, 
Yeah. So looking at LA County, uh, we are seeing, Ooh, that number doesn't look right. What is that? Uh, Oh no, that is not LA County. This is the state prison, uh, cumulative caseload. Uh, we're up to 44,000, nearly 44,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in state prisons across California. Uh, again, this does not include federal prisons, immigration detention facilities, or local jails. Uh, that is a, a huge spike uh, mm-hmm. relative to the population. We should really get a, a per 100,000 number to throw in there. Um, but still, nearly 44,000 inmates in California state prisons uh, have contracted COVID-19. Uh, when you're looking at LA County, shit, we're going to hit a million in like another day. Uh, yeah. we well, are no, cur- we're doing, we're, we're pulling like 14 to 17,000 cases a day here in LA County. So we've got, we got a little bit of lead time, but by Friday, Three I days, we'll four be, days. Yeah I, yeah. I predict by Friday we'll be over a million. So, Hey guys, we're going to pop shit. the champagne for the next show. Like we're going to, we're going to party for that one. You know, we got to celebrate these base 10 milestones. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> We are optimists. <laughs> this this show is breaking me, bro. <laughs> it's just gonna break my brain by the end of it. Look, it, like uh, Camus said, embrace the absurdity. But as Camus would say now, no, that's a little bit too much. <laughs> Between this and live tweeting city council, man, I mean, brain's gonna be fried within the next six months. Uh, LA County, nine hundred thirty-two thousand nine hundred and one confirmed cases, COVID nineteen, as of again five thirty. This evening, Monday, January 11th, 2021, with 13,247 new cases reported yesterday, 12,577 so far today. Again, that was only at 530. Um, We've had 114,203 new cases since we recorded last Monday. That's fucking terrifying. Uh, We're up to some, oh, before we get into that, new cases by day. Yeah, so our our seven-day average is hovering right around 15,000 cases. So at this yeah. rate, we are we are definitely no more than four days away, maybe five, uh, from hitting a million, and that's fucked. Twenty five percent of L.A. Twenty five percent of L.A. Well, I mean, LA, it's L.A. County, so it's ten percent of L.A. County. Yeah, all right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not quite that bad. Yeah. it's terrible, but it's not quite that bad. Uh, the, when it comes to the ICU and other hospitalizations, again, we are, we are basically plateauing at 8,000 for hospitalizations, which is fucked and around 1800, 1900 cases, uh, requiring the ICU beds, uh, our availability of ICU beds is 340, right where it's been for the last month, uh, which is 0% because again, the statistics, uh, this was an interesting one I wanted to include today. So you can see, this is basically showing you over time, uh, looking from July till January, July 31st being the first segment on these colored bar charts, January 1st being the last segment on these. It shows the total occupancy rates. So you can see like Cedar sinai has had this very, like a gradual but increasing percentage of occupancy where it basically maxed out somewhere around November in the 95-ish percent that's where it hit November. And then it's basically been at 95 to 100% since then. Uh, Kaiser and Baldwin yep. Park was basically unused until December and then immediately filled. Uh, Memorial Hospital in Gardena has been fucked since September. 
Uh, and, you know, Sam Dimas is doing some weird spikes back and forth. And then the El Monte Hospital was completely full at the very beginning, had a long period with not that much bad going on, and then got f- immediately full again. It's just very interesting seeing the distribution of where these hospitalizations are occurring across L.A. County. Uh, yeah. And I wanted to throw this up there so that if anybody is out there and wants to look at the data more closely, go to L.A. Times. Uh, this, this is one of the things that the L.A. Times does a good job with, uh, for sure, Wait, is they, their data visualization. Wait, they don't have um, they don't have MLK on there, right? Uh, I did not see MLK on yeah, this list. I, no. Yeah, USC Verdugo Hills is not USC County. Interesting. No, I'm just yeah. it, it's weird because I'm just trying to chart like in my head where these hospitals are, and they're they're obviously yeah. charting like the, this tracks with um, racial and economic disparities in LA County. Like that's where we're seeing this get hit the most, and also that's where we have the fewest hospitals. Like. One reason MLK is always overloaded is because it's the only hospital that serves all of South L.A. and huge parts of unincorporated L.A. County. So, like, if you get hurt in those area town, there's only one place to take you. And on a normal day, they're at 150 percent capacity anyways, just because there's literally nowhere else to take somebody who's sick. It's fucked. Uh, When we're looking at the daily death rates, uh, this is absolutely completely fucked. Um, we're up to 12,387 deaths due to the virus in the county. Uh, 162 yesterday, 135 so far today. We're still seeing Sunday's trend low. Uh, and again, this was the recording that the data that we're getting right now, uh, where it was 135 so far today, our seven day average is around 210. So we're probably going to see that go up. We did see a day with more than 300 last week. Uh, which is truly fucking terrifying. Um, right now, uh, I just wanted to put it into perspective uh, as a, a bleak statistic to think about is that one person in L.A. County is dying of COVID-19 every seven minutes. Uh, yeah. and that concludes my presentation of <laughs> this week's fucked stats. Uh, let's yeah, look at the map uh, real quick. This, this is actually interesting. Yeah. Before before we move to to, to uh, and then I've got a couple of articles to, to just show just how bleak this situation is. Uh, looking at December, so as we move from December into December, deeper into December, the the colors are 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 skewing a little bit here. It, it got a little bit lighter, but what it seems to be happening is that there's uh, oh. oh. <laughs> Oh, they're, they at, they're out of order the scale. again. No, no, they changed oh. the scale. <laughs> All right. Well, this experiment in uh, showing the same graph or the same uh, chart over and over again it has proven to be fruitless because LA, LA Times uh, had to update their fucking uh, scale because uh, we are that bad at handling the coronavirus infection. That's 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 Black what that is. Black watch plaid. Black watch plaid, uh, Chris. I yeah. So I mean, okay. Like, look, LA County COVID nineteen death toll surpasses twelve thousand as post Christmas surge worsens. Like, this is absolutely fucked. This was on January 9th. Uh, you know, they're talking about well over nine hundred thousand cases. Uh, Friday and Saturday. So what was it? The LA County's average number of new coronavirus cases on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was seventeen thousand eight hundred seventy nine, significantly above last week's average of fourteen thousand. Uh, the quote from Dr. Paul Simon, this very clearly is the latest surge from the winter holidays and New Year's. No question about it. 
Uh, and he, he is uh, the chief science officer at L.A. County's Department of Public Health. He said this on Friday. Continues, quote, it had a gradually started earlier in the week, but definitely is here in the last day or two. So this was the end of the week last week. Everything uh, or the yeah, everything got just completely fucked. Uh, yeah. We are now seeing a quote unquote mass fatality event uh, across California as we are basically entering the same kind of a situation as what they were seeing in fucking New York City back at uh, yep. the beginning of all of this where they're just rolling up fucking fridge trucks because they don't know what to do with all of the bodies. Uh, fucking bleak. This was an article again from January 9th. Uh, this, it's just wall-to-wall coverage of we are completely fucked. Stay the fuck home and wear a goddamn mask. I don't know what else to say. Um, yep. With hospital and morgues overwhelmed by soaring numbers of bodies amid a surge in COVID-19 deaths, hard-hit parts of California are struggling to store the bodies of those who have died. Uh, this is again uh, Rong Gong Lin uh, Lin or Lynn the second, I guess, uh, and Luke Money uh, from the LA Times, January 9th, 2021. Uh, this week, six members of the California National Guard arrived to assist county workers in transferring bodies from hospital morgues to 12 refrigerated storage units parked at the coroner's office, uh, said Sarah Ardalani, spokesman of the office. Additional helpers from the National Guard are expected to come next week. That's this week. Here we go. Yep. It's going to continue. And this is this is on top of the uh, uh, Army uh, Corps of Engineers being dispatched to help figure out how to get oxygen to people because outside of wealthy areas of Los Angeles, we haven't built new hospitals. So all of that aging infrastructure that was already falling apart and under and over capacity is now way over capacity. Oh, yeah. Um, you and, know, I've seen reports just... of ICU nurses like going on TikTok and talking about how we're running out of drugs that you need to keep somebody sedated because like – when you intubate someone, you have to keep them out because the body doesn't like having a huge tube shoved down its throat. So you have to keep that person unconscious by using things like propofol on like a constant drip. And then when you run out of propofol, well, you can't keep ventilating that person through intubation. That's a problem. Yeah, uh, everything is fucked. Uh, this this yep. latest article is actually from today. Uh, same same writers, Luke Monia and uh, Ron Gonglin II. Um, I, de- I, I desperately apologize for butchering your name. Uh, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, quote, the coronavirus is continuing to rampage through Los Angeles County, infecting thousands of people every day and hammering already overworked hospitals with a deluge of new patients. A devastating double blow with deadly consequences. The impacts of the ongoing COVID-19 surge represent, quote, the worst disaster our county has experienced for decades, end quote, according to Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer. Continues, quote, and as with other terrifying situations, the end of this surge only happens when more people and more businesses take control and do the right thing, end quote. Over the last week, an average of more than 200 Angelinos have died every day from COVID-19, a rate that has pushed the county's cumulative toll past 12,000. Uh, I agree with Barbara Ferrer that, you know, people do need to, you know, take control and do the right thing. But this does not exculpate. This is no in no way an exculpation of the goddamn board of supervisors and the city like yep. city council and the mayor who all have the authority to shut shit down. Yeah. Shut it down. It's not well, that I mean, fucking it- hard. Well, and and beyond that, you know, hopefully within the first hundred days of the Biden administration, we'll have another uh, stimulus package. Like, hopefully, 
but I, I, this has been such a massive failure. Like we're just bailing out the Titanic with, you know, a, a bucket with a hole in it at this point. Um, and we still haven't seen the pain come in. Like uh, evictions can start in February again. And I have a feeling with the number of illegal lockouts we've been seeing in L.A. County, the number of yep. legal evictions is going to just blow your mind. Like the number of landlords that are going to greedily kick people out onto the street during a pandemic is uh, going to be absolutely insane. We'll see what city council does tomorrow. Like maybe they'll actually take some definitive action, but I'm I'm not counting on it. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I kind of that's 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 I'm, pretty I'm much a lot it. of bleak shit for COVID yeah. at the moment. Um, All right. Well, let's um let's let's um move on to the happy story of the day. The uh the <laughs> attempted insurrection in Washington D.C. And let's pull in Terry. Terry, how are you doing, sir? Oh, Merry Christmas, everyone. This is uh, three weeks out from the holiday now. And, of course, we need to remember that deaths are a very lagging indicator. So in the upcoming week or two or three, all of the 50,000 people a day who are getting COVID will increase the fatality numbers. So uh, doing all right, uh, actually. So... um, I personally tested negative uh, for COVID. I was able to get a test oh. uh, within a couple then, of days of finding out that my friend had, had caught it. So, so nice. what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want your what do you want your title update to, Terry? Uh, I'd say COVID believer because uh, she believer. she had the what I guess what's considered the worst of the mild symptoms, and she was in bed for over wow. a week. Yeah. Um, uh, she's now fever free, but still feeling like absolute shit. Um, her husband naturally tested positive. He's doing more or less okay. Um, their kids are asymptomatic, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it makes a believer out of you. It really does. So fuck. Yeah, I mean, a friend of mine just popped a positive test, and that's fucking terrifying. Uh, totally asymptomatic up to this point, but still, like, it's uh, it's fucking real. Like, I yeah. It's real. It's yeah. just fucking yeah. real. And deadly. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. <sighs> Squirrel. All right. Well, so uh, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, we'll start with uh, January 6th. So um, everyone pretty much remembers what happened that day. Um, to give you some historical context, the last time that the U.S. Capitol building was breached, it was 1814, more than 200 years ago. And we were literally at war with Britain in the War of 1812, when Washington, D.C. was sacked. If you take a tour of the Capitol, they will actually show you burn marks on the wall where they're like, the British did that, and nothing bad has happened here since. <laughs> and so, um, Wait, Wasn't that why they painted the White House white? No, the I, White I, House was already white, but they burned it down. Oh, like the British literally it burned it to the ground. So, like, this is like the third or fourth White House we're on. Um, you know, it's uh, the, we didn't we didn't have the most like peaceful um, you know start as a country, as it were, in in more ways than one. But when it comes to the Capitol building, it was you know sacked. Um, there were stories of congressional leaders and like uh, the first lady at the time like grabbing artifacts and fleeing from Washington D.C. with like carts full of of stuff that is now you know museum quality things in the in the smithsonian but that's kind of where we're at it's like as a nation we've had a fairly easy run of it as transitions of power go and so 
starting the morning of the 6th, uh, Donald Trump, a lot of his family and his legal team and a bunch of other like right-wing luminaries addressed a crowd of a few thousand in, uh, in Washington, D.C. on the National Mall, and uh, Trump told them to march to Congress. Now, let's go ahead and go through this. And I don't want to like, we're not going to go like a, a minute by minute type thing. What I want to focus on here isn't the like crazy yahoos. I don't want to focus on the Jake Angelis. We're like, I'm not calling that dude the Q shaman anymore because like he's not a shaman. He has nothing to do with shamanistic traditions. Like that's actually somebody's culture and like calling that guy who's just an appropriating white dude uh, and a failed improv actor, a shaman is actually an, an insult to like people whose culture means something to them. And this is just like, a shitty white guy who likes having his picture taken and everyone's doing that. But we're not going to focus on the people that were there just for the spectacle of it or the people who like kind of wandered in not really knowing what they were doing. There was a concerted effort to literally murder people for doing their job as our elected representatives. And like, I will be the first to say that American democracy and the American Republic has a lot of issues. None of those issues are solved by the mass execution of the democratic leadership on the, the lawn of the Capitol building. Like if this plan had come to fruition, we would have seen some really, really heinous shit going down. And people in that crowd wanted to kill people. This is not to like scare people or blow up the threat or make it worse than it is, but rather to point out that like, this was one in an ongoing series of stochastic violent actions that will continue. And we need to be prepared for that because they're only gonna get better. Like, the people who did this are going to come back and do it again. So to sort of set the stage, before we do that, Terry, did you want to chime in and, and uh, add any preface before we uh, get into the meat of it here? No, that pretty much covers it, I think. And it really answers some questions on the Twitter sphere left about the, you know, merits of, of nonviolent versus violent revolution. Yeah. And, like, you know, when I think about violent revolution, I'm not a fan because uh, people like me, diabetics, people who are disabled, like, we don't we do not do so well in violent revolution. You know, three months after your glorious revolution, where's my insulin coming from? And if you don't have an answer for that, don't do your fucking revolution. Um, but, yeah, yep. so let's let's go ahead and play this uh, Q video that's been making the rounds on Parler. Um, I, we're not going to, like, share this on Twitter or anything. If you want to find it online, you can find it. But we do want to watch it because um, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot yeah. going on. I mean, and this is also in the context of Rudy Giuliani that morning saying that they needed to have a trial by combat, uh, which... That's good, coming from the lawyer. Coming, come, did, how is he not disbarred does, yet? Does anyone know if Four Seasons Landscaping books trial by combat matches? <laughs> All right, well, the fun is over. Here comes the horrifying reality that we live in. Time for excuses is over. Now is the time for strength. If you want peace, Got you the must shots stand the crowd. strong at all times. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the, the hour intense. of action. Yep. Today, it feels like when one chapter, the Chicago Bulls, you are about like to begin the greatest adventure of your life. January 20th will be remembered as the day the people became the rulers of this nation again. If the righteous men do not confront the wicked few, then evil will triumph. 
You came by the tens of millions to become part of a historic movement, the likes of which the world has never seen before. Now we are calling for a great reawakening. Jesus. When decent people and nations become bystanders to history, the forces of destruction only gather power and strength. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. Do not underestimate us and do not try us. This would be a fatal miscalculation. Is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. There should be no fear. We are protected. We will be protected by God. I know that each of you will be a warrior for the truth, will be a warrior for our country and for your family. I know that each of you will do what is right, not what is the easy way. Our answer will be a rebirth of devotion to defeat the enemies of humanity. This is a very different administration than the United States has had in the past. Yeah! Oh, shit. <laughs> Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy How? kingdom come. Oh, my God, it just thy keeps will going. be done on yeah. earth as it is in heaven. It's almost over. Give us this day, our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as Why? we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Amen. at the end, there's a shot of America as like on the globe as the camera pans out. And uh, yeah, right before we get this, this dipshit's uh, name, because he had to, to drop his, his digital card on here. Yeah, but it says, it, it's got the uh, WWG, uh, the where we go one, we go all. Yeah. Uh, which is has become a saying among the QAnon crowd to talk about like how they're going to do this together and it's all about them and like protecting each other and, and all of that. And it's it's a quote from a Jeff Bridges movie. Like <laughs> it's a quote from a Jeff Bridges movie. That's become their call to action is a quote from a fucking Jeff Bridges movie about when he's a captain of a ship that's heading into a fucking storm. And like if you're gonna choose a Jeff Bridges movie, like choose a, a the Big Lebowski. Like choose a good Jeff Bridges movie. Like come the fuck on. <laughs> but so Terry, you had not seen that video before. What did you think of that? Uh, first, I'm a fan of uh, punctuation, so that it's the deep states uh, possessive, not the deep states plural. Uh, and, and second, I would, I, I always recommend against taking style tips from uh, Monday Night Raw. So that's <laughs> that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah. it, it's bad. It's all very bad. Yeah, and it's a clear call to action. It's a clear call that like. The people oh, who are watching that video, they agree with it. Like, they're the people yeah. who are going to save the nation. They're the people who must act, and they must act dramatically. And there are a lot of dog whistles in there about ending corruption and taking dramatic, dramatic action to save humanity. A lot of, like, overwrought rhetoric that's pretty much telling people to kill. And how many – well, and, and who knows how many of the, the intended audience are going to know the, the riff on birth of a nation. Now it's rebirth of a nation. I mean, it's – yeah, it's so crystal clear. Yeah. 
And even if, you know, even if you don't know any of the references that they're putting in there, you get the, you, you get, get the message. Yeah. You get it very yeah. easily. You get the so, idea. Yeah, let's, but, before but we turn, same, oh, go at ahead. At the same time, I mean, just rhetorically, how different is that from restore the soul of the nation, right? I mean, that's, you know, so I mean, our political class is, they're both selling the same fantasy. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and I think, I, I think the main difference is the Democrats aren't really being called to do anything. Like the Democrats are more being called to do nothing. Like the Democrat trailer is like, go to brunch. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's how you save the nation is you go to brunch. Put it back in the, the hands of the adults in the room. Mm. And then you can go back to brunch and stop worrying about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. The, you know, the political party that made sure that NAFTA got passed and just decimated all of the manufacturing base across the, the, the Midwest and the southern parts of this country and the Northeast, all the whole fucking country, the, the, the political party responsible for NAFTA, just put it back in their hands. They're the responsible adults in the room. They know what they're doing. Trust yep. them. But so let's, uh, let's, let's flash over to L.A. real quick and see what LAPD was up to uh, while this violent insurrection was going down in our nation's capital. Okay. That is a, an LAPD officer in uniform taking pictures with MAGA protesters outside Fucking of downtown LA's uh, city hall. Um, so that's a good look for, for LAPD. Um, uh, sure. You know, the, the, their, their loyalties, we know where they lie. Like the reactionary core in the police department here is pretty like well studied, but that's pretty fucking shameless. Uh, also, I mean, the cop, cop wasn't wearing a mask. So yeah. that's good. Didn't didn't um, a couple of them had their accounts deleted in the last few days? Uh, well, I know I think they took them down themselves. Did they? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they took them down themselves because I think the department told them to. Because again, <laughs> LAPD has invested heavily in in their PR department, but a couple of cops uh, who were very Q friendly and very like we're yep. the patriots, uh, they went ahead and took down their accounts. But just because they're not posting about it on Twitter doesn't mean that they've suddenly like switched sides. Yeah, no, and and it's it's one of those things like they've been uh, they've been doing this for a long fucking time, and well, they don't seem enough, to care. Long enough, there are chance about it. <laughs> you mean just about policing in general? Yeah, well, you know, yes. cops okay. and plans and so forth. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was uh, speaking specifically about the the Twitter accounts of LAPD, which there's been a lot of chatter going on uh, lately about that. Um, uh, LANC Watch is one of those Twitter accounts that you should definitely be checking out to see uh, all of the shit that they and uh, like Michael, uh, you know, uh, Doc Kolhas uh, on Twitter uh, are, are who you should be looking for for information about all of the absolutely shady shit uh, that the LAPD officers have been up to in their own little Twitter spheres. Uh, oh, oh, and uh, Sarah Suleiman uh, has also been pointing out some of the absolutely horrendous shit uh, that LAPD has been doing uh, across the city, but also specifically on Twitter. Uh, yeah. It was a hell of a last few days, and it's not going to change. Like this is just kind of what they do. Um, yeah. So let's 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 uh, let's hop back to DC now. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a peek inside. When once the the insurrectionists had reached the Capitol and breached the doors, the House and the Senate were quickly evacuated. Um, though with only minutes or perhaps seconds to spare. Um, and we'll cover that in a second. But I wanted to show you what was going on 
just amongst the congressmen themselves, especially the GOP congressmen um, who are quarantined in very close quarters with all of their colleagues uh, during a pandemic. And I'm sure they were all wearing masks, right, Chris? Uh, sure. No, they were not. Uh, so this perhaps, is from a tweet. Perhaps, that, they their, perhaps they forgot their masks in the other room. Well, it, it's it's. I it's mean, they were all because... given gas masks too. Yeah. like they were given gas masks to wear. You're and spoiling the video, just... Bushido. <laughs> no, but so this is from a tweet. Uh, so the video is originally from Michael Libel, uh, and this is the tweet from Jordan Ull on Twitter. I uh, was saying while sheltering Rep. Lisa Blunt Rochester offered masks to Republicans, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, Andy Biggs, and more, and they refused. I'm not trying to be political here. And earlier this today, uh, and I didn't catch her name, but a, a, a woke congressperson of color, you know, 65, 70 years old, did test positive for COVID. Ugh. Yeah. From, <clears throat> uh, from Colorado. Yeah. Um, it's that there's going to be more of those. There's that was thousands of people that came into the Capitol, most of them not wearing masks. Um, Lord knows what else they were carrying with them. But when push came to shove and when your back was up against the wall, Republican congressmen know where their loyalty lies, and it may not necessarily even be with Trump. He's just kind of a means to an end. But what we have is a GOP that is dedicated to the overthrow of democracy through various means. Like Karl Rove's project has been called a permanent conservative majority. And that permanent conservative majority was never going to be established by getting more people to vote for the GOP. It was built on the back of voter suppression, of taking over the judiciary, of making sure that minority rule was the rule of the day in Washington, D.C. When you look at who people vote for, how many people belong to either party, Democrats, liberals, people who lean to the left, outnumber conservatives by a very decent margin, a margin where like we should have a solidly at least center or center-left government. But instead, we have a very center-right government, the most center-right government of any developed nation in the Western democratic sphere. They're not looking to change that or allow that to be changed. And now as we're less than a week out, we're already getting recriminations that we have to seek unity, that we have to seek pardon, that we have to allow the people who feel that they were wronged, who believe the bullshit about the stolen election to be taken seriously and to be treated with kid gloves because, you know, they meant well. They were just trying to do what they thought was the right thing, fed a steady, steady diet of lies and bullshit and of every other thing that is like literally poisoned people's brains to the point where a concerted group of people took over the Capitol with the intent to kill people. So let's go ahead and uh, let's look at some of the photos of uh, Capitol Police Officer uh, uh, Eugene Goodman. This man saved the Senate single-handedly and let's let's start with the with the photos first so there's the sequence of photos that shows him confronting this mob of trump supporters and there's a couple of details i want to point out in here because this was 
I'm not exaggerating, seconds from seeing U.S. politicians execute. This could have gotten very dark very quickly. Uh, if you see him, he's looking over his left shoulder down the hallway to what is the entrance to the lobby to the Senate. The door is open, and there is no one guarding it. No one. So if that crowd comes up and makes a right turn, they have direct access into the Senate. Direct access into the Senate. And in this shot in particular, this frame where this image is taken, you can see the hand of the first of the mega chuds coming up the stairs. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. see that hand reaching out as he's looking over baton in hand and realizing that there is absolutely nothing standing between the Senate and this crowd except for him. Yep. And so what happens next is as that crowd comes up the stairways, he pushes the first guy, the person whose hand you see, and draws him off to his right or the crowd's left. So they all turn their back on the open door and he pulls them down the hallway. Security services got that door locked and bolted. Uh, he was then met by backup from other cops. Let's watch the video. And this is gonna be a video from another police officer who joins him. And this is kind of the, the way that the mob follows him up the stairs. perspective of the police officer running down the stairs. You then see Officer Goodman uh, confronting the, the rioters as they surge forward through the door, continuing to chase him. He's got his baton out, and he's pushing them, and then backing off. So he's clearly not attacking, at least not very hard. He's more drawing them away. Running up the stairs, making his way, threatening them to get them to back off. This is this is the moment right here. That's where he looks down the hallway and saw. He briefly thought about blocking the door and then realized that distraction was the better Yeah, part. no time to do that effectively. No. And... and then he comes into a rotunda and he's met by other officers who roll up, not complete, completely panicked. Like the way that these officers roll up is very chill. But the crowd sort of like backs off and understands that they're not going any far. Yep. This is our America. Jesus. That's the yeah. that's the back the blue crowd right there, threatening police officers and attacking them. Uh, and things did not get better from there. What we what we're gonna move on to and look out now is a couple of other videos that I've I've collected off of line. Um mainly showing the violent intentions of the people that entered this. So let's, uh, we've got that militia video next, right? Uh, the not Antifa. Oh, okay. We want... got, so these are, no, we can, can do, do the, the, the not Antifa. So okay. a lot of conspiracy theories kind of spun out of this, that the, the riot was instigated by leftist agitators, by Antifa in the crowd, by not real Trump people, that the, the real patriots would never break into the Capitol and try and murder the people there, despite the fact that that's been QAnon's whole thing, that all of Democratic leadership is part of a cabal that rapes children and eats children and sucks out the um, their adrenal gland in order to extend their lives. And all these yeah, and all of these people deserve to be executed summarily and immediately by President Trump. And that's what these people were literally trying to do. So out front, while people were breaking windows, somebody accused a couple of these guys of being Antifa. And uh, let's see how they responded. Sure.
Are you Antifa? You can hear him say, we're, we're not Antifa, we're getting in there. Yeah. Terry, uh, you, you've been kind of silent for a minute. How are you feeling? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's all just so deeply problematic, right? Um, from On the one hand, saying this is our country, like, as a phrase, they're not wrong, right? I mean, it, it is a country of the people, and, you know, and... I mean, if, if we're really being honest, I mean, governments as a rule should fear their people rather than the other way around. This clearly is not the way to to go about it, especially because they didn't have the military on their side. I mean, that's you, you just simply cannot attack a, a capital unless you've got the military. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but happy people who feel taken care of by their by their government, by their community, by their, their representatives, don't do this. Yeah. And so this is just, it's a failure on so, so many levels. And now that violence has come to the the established leadership, because I, I mean, I see zero, zero daylight between the Democratic and the Republican parties, yeah. as Squirrel, as you were saying earlier, that... Uh, oh, you know, Biden's like first words when he comes in is, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to be the president for those who didn't vote for me. And it's like, well, they they just had their turn. Right. Um, so to have people this disaffected and this upset uh, because their needs are not being met because they've been lied to. And now the the media establishment in lockstep with these crocodile tears because the violence has come to their door. When Proud Boys are out beating up counter protesters in Portland, nobody cares, right? When the cops are are, are taking their their armored vehicles out to go s put down peaceful protest and prayer at Standing Rock, nobody cares. Um, you know, this comes to the Capitol and now, oh, right. And and if we think about I just want somebody to take it seriously because if because if 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 you take this seriously and what the hundred and some Congress people, Republican Congress members who wanted to to overthrow the election, if you take that seriously, that sedition may be treason. And yet that is punishable by death. And they're not even talking about, like, not seating these these people. I mean, Nancy Pelosi has authority as Speaker of the House to seat Congress people. And she's just going to say, no, 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 no. Come on. Come on back. Right. And and so there is just there is zero consequences for uh, for senators and, and members of Congress who are actively in you know, sedition, basically. Yeah. I right? mean, I imagine having to go to work in the Senate with Ted Cruz after he just incited people to try to come and try and murder you. And, you know, like I get it to an extent where like. I understand why, like, a CNN reporter would be scared to death on that day. Like, that was scary stuff. But at the same time, they don't have any understanding of the violence that the police state brings down on communities of color day after day after day. And these disaffected, generally white people, generally wealthier white people, like the vast majority of Trump voters, 
earned more money than the people in their immediate surrounding area. They're in the, the higher income brackets, even if they're from a lower economic base. The people that are feeling this kind of violent dissatisfaction, they're not the people who have been left behind the most by the system. They're not the people who have suffered the most. They have a lot of reasons to be unhappy. From the Reagan revolution onward, we've just gutted at whatever was left of the middle class. They have a lot of reasons to be pissed off. But they're pissed off for the wrong reasons and at the wrong people. Yeah, yeah, and it it reminds me of uh, what James Baldwin writes. I forget which essay, but it's uh, he, he says that that white men have midlife crises, right? Whereas whereas men of color don't have midlife crises because if you're a man of color raised in the society, you know that the the that the system is rigged against you. You know that not to expect things, whereas white men grow up expecting that the world is going to be on their platter. And then they reach midlife and realize, look, look around and realize that it's a lie. And that's when they th then go into uh, resentment and anger, which is what is being stoked by uh, Trump and QAnon and all this other, right? That, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and, and then to know that you're not going to get, I mean, uh, I don't want to go into the disparate uh, police responses too much because it's been done to death already so far. I mean, everybody's talked about it. But to know that you can go into the Capitol building and that guy's not going to shoot you, right? Like that guy's yeah. not going to draw his gun and, and just mow you down. Because it could have gone that way, right? You see a mob coming into the, the Capitol building. I mean, would the police have been justified? I mean, it could have been hundreds and hundreds I mean, of dead. They, they killed uh, Ashley Babbitt from San Diego. Um, there were people arrested on the Capitol grounds that day for carrying weapons, like multiple weapons arrests. There were pipe bombs left at both the DNC and the RNC. Uh, let's show that militia video real quick. Because one thing I do want to point out sure. is there wasn't a grand plan here, right? There wasn't some master plan where everyone was on the same page. But there were autonomous groups within this mass of humanity that had a plan and were operating as though they were military units sent on a mission. So what we're gonna show you here is one of these militias traveling up the stairs in this crowd in a very coordinated manner. Obviously, they're trying to get somewhere together to do something. What it is, we're not exactly sure, but we can make some pretty educated guesses about it, so. Jesus. Yep. This is militia guys in plate carriers, Kevlar helmets, green fatigues, threading their way through the crowd. Yep. And being greeted by the crowd and having the crowd kind of treat them like there's something special to being like watching them. That guy in his red shirt was just saying, come on, like keep coming. Yeah. And they're holding on to one another's backpack straps, right? Like they, they are yeah. not accepted. when we were moving through the dance floor to rave to make sure that we didn't get separated <laughs> from each other because we were on a lot of drugs. We weren't on a murder mission. We just, you know, could get easily confused on a dance floor with flashing lights and a lot of music. But there were people here that, like, had a plan. Like, there are people out there that have a plan that wants to do violence. We've seen them showing up at other state capitals. There's a, another thing that's perhaps planned for the 17th that's supposed to siege all 50 state capitals. No idea which way that one's going to go, if there's going to be any wind behind its sails, but... Based on today, it doesn't take that, or sorry, based on what we've seen from the, the 6th, it doesn't take that many people to cause a lot of chaos, to cause a lot of harm. Especially when there's all those stories about how the police uh, were 
actively like not engaging. Like there was a, a deliberate seemingly, uh, undermanning of the situation like yeah I, I believe that this was a largely coming from the fallout of the protests over the summer where the federal uh law enforcement agencies came in with a very 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 heavy hand in response to black lives matter protesters and the mayor of dc and others uh were basically pushing back and saying that they didn't want something like that to happen and the end result was that all of the various agencies that are supposed to coordinate a strategy for how to handle this kind of a crowd building up in these kind of circumstances, there was just like, everything was a complete shit show because they were all just completely disconnected from each other. But simultaneously, the idea of having like those kind of, uh, you know, masked, uh, Oakley wearing everyone in matching fatigues, like with the gray camo, with the little gray camo gaiters pulled up over their faces. Um, as we saw on the steps yeah. of the Capitol over the summer, that just wasn't going to happen because everybody was so jarred by how brutal the police response had been to Black Lives Matter protesters. So they, they totally like flipped it and went the other direction. And as a result, ended up opening up the uh, I mean, the, I, the Capitol. I think you know, I don't think it was so much a, a response in that way where they felt like they'd gone too far for Black Lives Matter. I think there was a failure of imagination where the people Fair, at the top yes. didn't think that this crowd of white people was going to break the social contract and do this. But also there was collusion from Capitol Police officers. Two officers have been suspended. It looks yes. like 12 are under investigation. Uh, at least one Secret Service agent is suspended and under investigation. Uh, the the call is coming from inside the house, as it were. Let's um, – Let's then oh, yeah. let's turn to the, the video where the crowd is chowning hang Mike Pence, because this is the other thing I want to talk about is the psychology of a mob kicks in here. If they had gotten their hands on like Chuck Schumer and a minority of the people in this crowd wanted to execute him, do we think the crowd in their fervor to hang Mike Pence state would stop the crowd from executing Chuck Schumer? I don't think they would. I don't think most of the people in the crowd would be willing to pull the trigger there. I also don't think they'd be willing to step in front of that bullet. I think they'd be perfectly willing to allow that to happen. And we've seen this through history, like the reign of terror in France. When people get riled up, when people get pulled into that mob mentality, they're, they're part of something bigger than themselves, their ability to think critically and rashly as an individual is cut down. Uh, Men in Black, um, pretty good movie from the 90s. But there's that line that Kay has where he's like, you know, one person is smart, but people are stupid, panicky animals. And that's what we see when this sort of mob mentality takes over. Your sympathetic nervous system is, is what's running you then. Your conscious brain is not running you. It's the, the fight or flight instinct in your brain. Those adrenaline hormones and everything else is coursing through your veins, and you're just reacting at that point. You're not thinking. You're just doing. Well, and not only critical thinking, but, like, I don't – even if I were – I'm sitting here trying to imagine it right now, like – what would I do if I was going to try and stop someone from being hanged? This is not a situation I have encountered before. I mean, that's. How do you stop a mob of 3000 people from hanging Chuck Schumer? Yeah, right. You, 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 I don't know. I don't know that you can. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they, they, they started out. Um, I believe this actually came on uh, on the heels of somebody posting on Parler or something about how Mike Pence was a, a traitor to Donald Trump. 
Well, they they established that earlier. As soon as Pence had was, said, like, "Hey, okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, not count the electoral votes," because a, he doesn't have the authority to do that. Like, yeah. Donald Trump asked him to do something that was just blatantly and wildly illegal, and Mike Pence was like, "No, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that, sir." And so everyone knew that like Pence would help certify the votes, and decided that makes him a traitor. Um, remember, these are constitutional originalists who want to hang someone for doing his constitutional duty. You know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of double think going on here because it's not about the actual adherence to the law or adherence to the principles. It's about being angry and being able to exercise power. But let's watch this clip real quick. Just a friendly reminder to everyone watching uh, or listening, rather, that's not able to see this. Uh, they are fucking all white. This yeah. is all yeah. angry white dudes, like yeah. with uh. extremely low exceptions to that rule. And yeah. well, yeah, if I could just follow up on what you're saying, Squirrel, that uh, I mean, this is it's a structurally identical to, to Donald Trump himself. Right. At, as the walls close in, as fewer and fewer options remain, he throws everyone that has been loyal to him under the bus like dominoes, one right after the other, up to Pence. And this is what's what the the followers are doing is that anyone, whatever their stated goal is, which I guess is Trump's, you know, Trump equals God that's going to expel all of the pedophiles of the whatever. And anyone who stands in, in, that, in the way of that objective then also is expendable. So yeah. if, if Pence just happens, I mean, Pence is the Koch brothers candidate, right? Pence is the one that has, they've wanted him the, all along because he's like a real Christian fascist. Well, but, also, yeah. he's, he's an empty suit. Like, he doesn't really have steady beliefs throughout his career. You can, you can chart him. Whenever the wind changes, he takes a brand new tact. It's always along very conservative, very right-leaning lines. But he's gone from, like, I'm a fiscal hawk to, like, oh, now I'm a pro-life evangelical to, oh, now I'm more of a, a centrist America first type to, you know, now I'm, I'm fully on the Trump train. Um, Mike Pence is, is kind of a perfect weather vane for the Republican Party. Um, whatever he needs to keep paying his bills, he will do that, mainly because he's not very good at money and he keeps running out of it. <laughs> Did you but, yeah, let's, see the thing? He, he, really quick, there's a, there's a uh, I'm not going to take time with it. Uh, just go ahead and Google uh, Mike Pence and Mulan. Uh, and just dive down that rabbit hole. Uh, honestly, what a fucking weird dude. What yeah. a fucking weird so dude. Let's, so this is the last video we're going to play from this real quick. Uh, and this is, uh, which video is it? It is, uh, oh, what happened outside the Capitol where the, the crowd got their hands on a Metro police officer and um, just beat him in an act of mob violence. So let's, let's watch this one real quick. Do we um, there's do not the a lot John Lee statement first, or are we just going to go? You know, we'll do that. It? No, no, we'll do that. Yeah. We'll do that later. That was, we're, we're going to do gotcha. that at the top, but you know, we'll, we'll do that at the bottom. Cause we want to talk Weezer and Englander also. Um, so Fair. let's, let's get, let's get through the insurrectionists. Uh, and then we'll get to the corruption in LA. Ha. See people throwing things inside the door. Uh, they're dragging an officer down, pelting him with stuff, punching him, hitting him with flagpoles. Uh, somebody just threw an entire flag and pole into the Capitol. There's a line of officers in there fighting with people. 
This is the same crowd that would have been chanting Blue Lives Matter yeah. in as a counter to the Black Lives Matter protest. So. Yeah. And here they are just beating the crap out of a police officer, dragging him down the steps. And you can see his buddies inside trying to get to him, pulling him back inside. Why does someone have a crutch? Yeah. He's using, it, he's using it to try and block people from throwing stuff in. I guess that guy was, was trying to, to do the right thing, as it were. So what we're kind of trying to get at here is there's a violent psychology, a stochastic violence that is ready to explode in America, and it's not going anywhere. Like Joe Biden is not going to fix that. Nancy Pelosi is not going to fix that. We need real structural change, like the Green New Deal, Medicare for All. These are policy solutions that will get us closer, but we're locked into this for a generation or two. We're still relitigating the Civil War. There were people walking through the Capitol with Confederate flags. The lost cause has not gone away. This is the next iteration of it. We have done a terrible fucking job in this country of making peace with our historical wrongs. And I don't know if we ever can. Like, can you make, can you make peace with a country built on genocide and built on stolen land and built on stolen labor that's never paid reparations, that's never had a, a, a coming together moment, that's never had a truth and reconciliation committee? You know, even apartheid South Africa went through that. It didn't solve anything. I don't know how you solve these deep historical wounds. But what I do know is this violence is not going to stop. Now the state is going to try and do some things to assure you that it will. And like, I'm not a big one on, on the carceral state. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, throw everyone in jail. I do think that Ted Cruz, that the elected ringleaders of this insurrection deserve to be driven out of office, deserve to never be able to work again, can die in poverty on the streets for all I fucking care. But what's going to happen instead is lots of like, Petite bourgeoisie are going to be picked up by the FBI. They're going to have trials or plea deals. They're going to end up in jail for a couple of years at the most. And then they're going to be back out on the street. And the people who support them that didn't get swept up in this, that didn't get arrested, are going to be out there continuing to organize. So let's talk about uh, two people who – oh, go ahead, Terry. Well, I was just going to say, meanwhile, if any one of them had chained themselves to a pipeline to, to stop construction, they'd be facing oh, at least 50, 50 to 100 years in prison. Yeah. No, there was the, or if the they had of a, smoked a cigarette and left it sitting on the ground, they could then be DNA tested and arrested ex post facto and tried for that. There's there's currently an activist uh, from uh, the um, uh, uh, the Dapple protests, uh, the Dakota yes. Access Pipeline. Sorry, there's so many pipelines that I forget what they're all called. But the Dakota Access Pipeline protest um, from Standing Rock, who's facing decades in prison for grabbing a police officer's riot shield. Meanwhile, there are photos circulating on the internet of the son of a Brooklyn Superior Court judge holding a police shield in the Capitol mm. where mm -hmm. things have been vandalized. Just in like four there. furs. Yeah, he's also dressed in a bunch of like fur and leather and it's uh, more of the, the weird like indigenous culture appropriation. Um, mm. But it, it shows you the difference in the way that these people are treated, that if you're a black and brown like community organizer who's fighting to stop environmental pollution in your community on the land that your people consider sacred, uh, yeah, you don't get to do shit. But if you're uh, a rich Jewish boy from Brooklyn whose daddy is a judge, you can literally do an insurrection and get all the way back to New York, and maybe the police will come for you someday, and then you'll probably have the lawyers to plea your way out of it and not, not spend a day in jail. But the two people I want to turn to right now on our theme of like, there were people with a plan to do violence and to literally murder people here. So let's show, um, first up, Eric, uh, Eric Munchell. He is a bartender from Nashville. 
uh, who's become known as the zip tie guy. You can see him here in his tactical camouflage, a plate carrier carrying a handful of zip ties, uh, jumping through the Senate chamber, uh, unable to arrest or get his hands on anyone. Uh, he was then later videotaped in the lobby of his hotel, just hanging out afterwards, wearing the same stuff. Like, these people are so stupid that they go do an insurrection on camera and then wear their same clothes to be videotaped later. Like, that right there shows you their hubris. Uh, the next one, yep, that's that's Eric right there, Eric Munchell. The next guy is going to be Larry Brock. He is a retired Air Force lieutenant colonel. So if you're not familiar, this is this is in reverse order, like from top to bottom, how military ranks go. Generals, colonels, lieutenant colonels. In any given room, a lieutenant colonel is going to be the third highest ranking person there. That's like a senior VP level if you're thinking about things in like a corporate office kind of structure. And this guy is on the floor of the Senate with a plate carrier, a ballistic helmet, and zip ties. And this guy's an Air Force vet, highly decorated. The same who work forces are the same that work that burn crosses. This is literally what we mean by that. Yep. Yep. But so they've both been arrested. Uh, yeah, Jake Angeli, the uh, failed improv actor from Arizona, who you know wears horns on his head, also been arrested. There's about there's been about 90 arrests so far. I'm sure there's more to come. But that's not going to solve this, nor will that restore any order or sanity, because the cancer that causes this is still here and it's not going away. The attempts by the state to solve this yep. with like new domestic terrorism legislation, everything they did there is already illegal. Breaking yep. into the Capitol is illegal. Trying to kidnap people is illegal. Trying to kill the vice president is illegal. We know that those laws aren't going to be turned against these rich white people. They're going to be turned against black and brown and indigenous activists, and they're going to be weaponized in the same way that we've seen. And we really need to get away from the carceral speak, from the Islamophobia of talking about no-fly lists and domestic terrorists. That's all bad language. Stop using it. Stop. Like, the Buddha has an equation that I really like, which is right mind leads to right thought, leads to right word, leads to right action. You can run that equation backwards to train yourself. And that's right action, leads to right words, leads to right thought, leads to right mind. Start working on the language part. Stop using the language of incarceration. The tools that we have in our state's tool belt to solve this are not sufficient and will not solve it. They'll make the problem worse. Being somebody who wants to build a more just world and a more liberated world means that we have to get away from incarceral speak and the language of incarceration. And we have to make a conscious effort to do that and know that it is the harder choice. It is so much easier to say, lock these guys up and, and laugh at them when they get stuck on a no-fly list. But then think about, wait, what if I get stuck on a no-fly list? What if my political speech gets stuck on a no-fly list? And those two things shouldn't be equated, right? I don't want to say that, like, if you're out there rallying for BLM, you should, like, be okay with ending up on a no-fly list. No, 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 no. No-fly list shouldn't exist in the first place. But we should also understand that this kind of insurrection does have to have some sort of corrective measure, but it needs to be aimed at the top. BLM is different because it's a bottom-up grassroots movement. We want to celebrate that sort of thing. We want to celebrate going after big capital, after those in power. The people who rioted and caused this violence in the Capitol, they were serving power. They were serving the people at the top, the Donald Trumps of the world, the people the that want to make the world a worse place. There are easily understandable differences once you see through the semblance that the big media and most right-wing pundits are trying to push on us. But it takes extra work for us because we're losing the fucking narrative battle.
over and over and over again. And that's what we're going to see again here, unfortunately, is the right wing has been beaten down a little bit, but they're going to come back stronger and smarter because the people who are ultimately responsible will not pay any price. Ted Cruz is still a fucking senator. He is still a fucking senator. The only sanction we might see is Donald Trump being impeached, which means he's going to lose his pension. The guy's worth a shit ton of money. I don't think the presidential pension is going to matter to him all that much. It's mainly a symbolic gesture. But Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, Bill Barr, Rudy Giuliani, all the other assholes who enabled this racism and this outright fascism, they're, they're going home at the end of the day. There is no sanction for them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, shall we move on to uh, L.A. real quick? We're just going to real quickly talk about what our favorite uh, city staffer B had to say about this. And uh, surprise, uh, he thinks that we should be very nice to the insurrectionists. Uh, you want to go ahead and read this for us, Chris? Quote, while we rang in the new year just a week ago, we have seen that the challenges of 2020 and the polarization of our nation are not things we can easily leave behind. Sadly, the protests and rioting at the Capitol a few days ago were a sobering reminder that this country is still very much divided. But unity will only come if we listen to one another. I will strive for more dialogue, active listening, and always demonstrating respect. No matter what the issue or public policy challenge, we need to find a way to work together for the good of our city, our state, and our nation. John and so Lee. this, yeah, this also comes on the heel of Mitch Englander's court records uh, being released in his plea deal, uh, in which Mitch Englander uh, kind of tells the confidential informant that John Lee has taken bribes. So city staffer B uh, may have just been hoist by his own petard. Um, so we'll Get have fucked. more on that hopefully next week, um, assuming that there isn't another violent insurrection on Sunday, the 17th. I have to wait and see. If there is, I'm sure we'll tell you about it. Uh, but the other thing we wanted to talk about was uh, Jose Wezar and his ongoing corruption, uh, including selling out affordable housing in the city of Los Angeles for a bribe. Uh, and this one's, oh my God, this one's so bad, Chris. <laughs> Take it away. It, it is. It is so bad. Uh, so thank you, David Zanizer, for the uh, the writing on this one. Quote, a real estate company whose 35-story residential tower is a major part of the federal bribery case against Los former Los Angeles Councilman Jose Huizar has agreed to pay $1.2 million to resolve its portion of the investigation, prosecutors said on Thursday. The agreement contained an allegation against Huizar that has not appeared in previous indictments. At one point in 2018, the document said Huizar asked a Car Carmel executive if he would provide $250,000 in exchange for a reduction in the amount the company paid into a fund for affordable housing. The executive did not respond to the request, which was made during a campaign fundraiser, according to the agreement. An attorney for Huizar declined to comment on the allegation. Shocking. Ask for more funds. You're raising funds. Yeah. So I know that Pete White from uh, LA Can uh, did get uh, get out there and say that this fine was bullshit, um, allowing them to just skate by with one point two million dollars uh, when they owed something like ten times as much. In in the words yeah. of Pete White, if I'm not mischaracterizing yeah. him, and I apologize. No, it was like it, it was like it saved them twenty four point five million dollars. Jesus, and they were fuck. fined so, one point two million dollars. Which like five percent. In my head, I'm very I'm very bad at math, but that Sorry, still leaves them like twenty three point two million dollars. <laughs> it's a ninety five percent discount. 
or if, no, if the like if, 80 something percent i can't do math right now yeah i'm mad i'm very mad buy, buy one get one free i mean let's exactly. just talk fuck i mean like <laughs> it, it, it's, if, it's buy it's buy 12 12 buy 15 get one free it's way worse <laughs> if the um if the punishment for a crime is a fine it means that it's legal for rich people yes that's literally what it is and and yeah no they could they could have they could have done this you know, 15, 20 times over for the fine that they're doing. Like it's, it's absolutely fucking absurd. This is, uh, th this is slap on the wrist in the most, uh, capitalistic way possible. Literally saying you who committed this grievous or are trying to commit this grievous act, whatever the end result was, you skated by, didn't pay shit. And now you're only being fined a paltry $1.2 million dollars. For a 35-story tower, that is a, a, a an absolute drop in the bucket. And our affordable housing fund here in Los Angeles is so dramatically underfunded. Like, it's absolutely fucking absurd. And so this, in the context of whenever they start talking about um, doing, like, usage fees, where it would be, you know, tied to the square footage of the building, uh, bringing that in, talking about applying usage fees across the board, like... This is part of why that doesn't work is because you've got corrupt assholes like Jose Huizar, oh, sorry, allegedly corrupt. He still hasn't been convicted yet, um, and he did plead not guilty, so we will continue to say alleged for the time being. Yeah. Uh, you know, up at the top, and because they head up the fucking Plum Committee, the Planning and Land Use Management Committee, they can control this stuff, and they can change how everything operates on their fucking whims. And that is why Jose Huizar allegedly ended up with literal suitcases and shopping bags full of cash sitting in his home, in his home, along with all those little USB keys that the dog came to sniff out. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Uh, Terry, anything, uh, anything to add before we uh, go ahead and uh, move down to uh, events that people can check out this week? Uh, no, I got, I got nothing. Alrighty. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a hell of a year. It's been a hell of a year in this last week. Um, hopefully this, yeah. this next week is, it's much more calm. Uh, one thing yeah. I'm going to flag, we, um, there's going to be a cancel rent action coming up. You can probably tune in and watch it here on the Twitch stream. Um, it, right now it sounds like it's going to be going off in one form or another. Uh, we really have to focus on this one again evictions start in february uh bad stuff is going to be happening very 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 soon uh people are going to be losing their homes at a clip we have not seen for a while especially because like you know uh like in 2008 uh things got really bad after bush left after we transitioned to obama we're in another period here where the economy is very soft uh, stocks are super overvalued. A lot of people mm -hmm. have their retirement funds in the stock market because it's been doing very well. And all of that valuation is going to be wiped out um, very, very quickly. Um, so the pain isn't over, folks. Um, get ready to yep. organize some more. Actually, yeah. so, I do want to jump in real quick. That yeah, yeah, One final thought is that, is that that is the I mean, we're, we're all talking about the violence and the chaos at the Capitol. But the, the state coming to your apartment and throwing you out into the street is also violence. And so we need to remember that that should be national news also. Absolutely. It, it absolutely should. And, and you know, it's, it's heartening to see things like the um, the protests that have shut down eviction courts. Um, across the country, specifically, I'm thinking of uh, is it, it's Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, you know, uh, people's actions got some, uh, we got some good folks. We got some good folks, people. Um, but yeah, like this is, this is necessary. This is how, when people talk about, we protect us, this is the kind of action that we are talking about. It is the state violence at the individual level where the state is coming and destroying your belongings, dumping them out on the street and changing the locks on you. That is literally state violence being applied to an individual or a family. And the only way we're able to stand up to that right now is with community support. And we've been seeing all of these illegal evictions happening over the last few months. They are not going anywhere. And the number of legal evictions, the paperwork that's going to be filed for this is probably going to be jaw dropping. It's just going to be absolutely insane when it comes down to it. So hold on tight. Like it's going to get fucking wild. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So stuff coming up this week. Uh, there's going to be some actions going on. We'll give more information about things when they become publicly available. Uh, be aware, check that hashtag for canceling rent. Uh, we'll give you a hashtag. Just, I mean, search for cancel rent. You'll find shit. Um, I will be back tomorrow to do my favorite COVID activity, uh, which is live tweeting city council. Uh, I understand there is going to be a bit of a flurry of activity and new motions being introduced which means yeah. that I get to sit through the entire meeting and see what happens at the end when they all start vying for position to uh, talk about how, uh, how important their work is in the context of the current environment. It's gonna well, be and fun, also sure. it's, it, it's going to be uh, Nithya's first full week in office uh, now that yep. uh, city council has had a relaxing three-week vacation, um, which you know yep. we pay them each a quarter million dollars a year, so uh, that's a – quite a bit of money that they they got to sit around and do nothing while their city fell apart uh hopefully they'll do something they'll do something i hope 300 yeah. people a day are dying in la um I'm, the average just like not covid is 170 yeah. people a day and the, yeah. that 170 people a day are still still dying in la we yep. just have an extra 300 so yeah. um yeah city Jesus council Christ. please <laughs> Please show up. Please, uh, please do your thing. And for those of you out there listening, uh, show up, call in, let them know that uh, you're mad as hell and uh, you would like them to do something about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the uh, other thing coming up, we do not have Knock at Night uh, this week. We will be back next week. Uh, it should be a really fun show. Um, mutual aid still does need your donations. Uh, shit is fucking broken. If you have the extra cash that you can spare, that would be great. Uh, we also do still, I believe we still are taking donations for the community health work. Uh, mm -hmm. so this is the, uh, the bitly for that. It is bit.ly slash power CHW, uh, all lowercase power CHW. Uh, they're doing some absolutely fantastic work. Cannot stress this enough. Uh, again, this is how we support yeah. us. Well, I do, well I, I do want to flag on that one. So at this point, um, the, the Power CHW program, Community Health Worker Program, is on hold uh, because oh. it was funded by CARES Act funding. We still want oh. the, the money because we're still doing community organizing. It's We're waiting to see if more funding is coming through from the county via the, the next couple of stimulus acts or the last one that was passed that just got us that $600 we will probably get more funding to help us like expand the program and especially push vaccinations into impacted communities. Um, but at this point, 
you would be funding more our community medic operations than like the CHW program, but that will be coming back hopefully. But it's a matter of like the funding comes and goes as we're able to get it from the government, but the need doesn't go away. So we're still addressing that need. We're just having to find new ways to address that need financially speaking. Yeah, and Andrea Leanne Grossman is commenting in uh, the Facebook comments saying, please call Fiona Ma on Friday. She needs to allocate all of the CDLAC money to affordable housing. Uh, 100% yes, please do that. Uh, yes. We will, if you, Andrea, if you go ahead and send us the information, we'll boost that on Twitter. Uh, hopefully get some folks out there. Uh, shit is fucking wild. Um, yeah. Oh, and then uh, the, the crime alert. You want to talk about the crime alert? Oh, yeah. So last thing. So there was a straight up hate crime that happened in downtown L.A. And I meant to put this earlier and my apologies. We got caught up with other stuff. Um, but uh, a woman was beaten by a crowd of uh, MAGA supporters. Um, you probably saw the videos going around. One of the MAGA supporters did actually like pull her out of the crowd, which like I guess that makes him the least bad MAGA supporter there. But like still mm -hmm. you're a MAGA supporter, so you don't get that many points for it. Uh, but the, the LAPD now several now a week after it almost is looking for these two individuals. And here's the thing I want to point out. LAPD saw this attack go down. The victim walked over to them and asked them to do something about it. And LAPD was like, oh, our hands are tied. We can't go arrest the people that we just saw violently assault you. Now, a week later, they're like, hey, can you help us find these two random white guys that we like, don't have any information on, even though we could have literally grabbed them seconds after they attacked someone? So, you know, after what we saw in San Diego, where like the cops, you know, fired pepper balls and used batons against anti-fascist protesters, the LAPD watching a fascist beating go down the day of an insurrection in the Capitol, like the state isn't going to protect us. We have to protect us. This has got to be on us. So y'all need to stay safe. Let us know if you want some help with that. Uh, these are going to be like not great times. Like this is a very dark, shitty yeah. period of time. And we still have the climate crisis. Still have all the other shit that has been building for a long time. So like this is our dry run. You know, 2020 was not like the worst year ever. It was the worst year yet. So on that very optimistic note. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Gonna, uh, that Bart you know. that Bart Simpson meme uh, where Homer is correcting him and saying, no, 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 it's yeah. the worst one so far. From the Simpsons uh, movie. As always. I, I waited 20 fucking years for the Simpsons movie to come out, and it was still a letdown. So just, you know, remember <laughs> that. Fair enough. As always, if y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part in, publicizing, or just being made aware of, please send us a message. You can reach us through the Ground Game LA Facebook page. You can find us online, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Ground Game LA. We are not hard to find. Uh, this podcast and every Ground Game podcast is a production of Knock.LA. You can support our work over on Patreon at patreon.com slash knock underscore LA. Uh, we do have merch coming. Uh, my understanding is that there are a bunch of very cool enameled pins for folks at certain levels on Patreon. Uh, that will all be happening in the next few weeks slash months. Uh, it's very fucking cool. I am excited to get an enameled knock pin. Uh, it's great gear. Uh, of course, you can check the description of this podcast for sources, links to actions, and social media links uh, for all the things that I managed to completely fuck up and not have the graphics for. Uh, despite Squirrel sending it to me early, and I just got it's overwhelmed. It's been a long day. These things. It has, yeah. and the COVID numbers kind of broke me. They're uh, bad. I was not ready for that. Like I somehow managed to get through the last few days without realizing just 
how monumentally fucked we really are. Um, please, 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 please stay home, stay safe, double up those masks, wear the N95 underneath the cloth mask, do all of the things that you can to minimize the risk because now that UK variant, uh, where they first identified it from the UK is, is out in the wild and causing havoc. And it is apparently something like 50% more transmissible based on the, uh, the, what is it? R not values, uh, going from 0.95 to 1.45 in terms of the number of people that you are infecting per case. Um, anything over one is where you start seeing the, uh, the exponential growth, and we're currently doubling the number of ca- of cases in LA County every 30 something days, 33 days. So looking forward to seeing our spike uh hit a million here and and this is I'm in the most cynical possible way possible ever. Jesus fuck, we are so destroyed <laughs> by this virus. Anyway, stay home, stay safe, protect yeah. your loved ones. We don't want to kill any more abuelas if we do, if we can at all save them. Uh that's all I got. Yeah. Thank you all very much. We'll catch you next week. Yeah. I'll see you guys next year. That'll be great. (laughs) Uh,